clinical 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 population population clinical population population clinical population Hey everybody, my name is John. I'm Grant. I'm Colby. And welcome to Clinical Populations. Introducing music therapists to new bops and new bops to music therapy. Well, welcome back for another episode. Today, Grant and I are joined by Colby. Colby, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Introduce yourself. Yeah, for sure. My name is Colby Cummin. I use he, him pronouns, and I work for the Snohomish County Music Project based out of Everett, Washington, doing a lot of grant-funded nonprofit work. I personally work a lot with children who are in behavior programs or have otherwise experienced trauma, as well as a little bit with families and changing family situations. We have a podcast that comes out of our organization called The Feeling is Musical, where it's very oriented to being able to educate the general populace about music therapy via conversations with a host and other music therapists from all around the areas and different different kind of strengths and focuses in their clinical work. So it's it's pretty rad. All right. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Colby. My absolute pleasure. So today we are going to be listening to Oh Friend by Jasmine Gillison. So here we go.
And that was Oh Friend by Jasmine Gillison. What y'all guys think? It's such a just like cute, pretty song. Honestly. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) It can, I just can so easily visualize that like as the like end of some sitcom episode or like an indie movie where there's just like big wide pan shots of like people walking through streets at like sunset that that is perfect yep. i also am, like have that visual somebody in the backseat of a car yeah. just like on a family trip it's like drive they look back out the back window to like look at their old home like one last time as they drive away it's yeah like, there's like catharsis in it somehow i love that yeah i had uh written down that it was a sweet uh, sweet song I really like the acoustic vibe and just the kind of simpleness of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It felt very much like coffee shop open mic night performance, which given the context of this year is something that I really do miss going to. Yeah. So it was a nice little, just a nice, nice little callback to that feeling and just that sound. So I really appreciated that too. Maybe that's why it hit me so hard. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> when Grant said that, I was like, yes. I didn't know yeah. I was feeling that, but I was definitely <laughs> feeling that. Uh-huh. Like, I've listened to it so many times now. I'm like, why do I love it so much? <laughs> I just miss it. Simpler times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love I love how like how the instrumentation really kind of adds to this vulnerability 
in the lyrics mm-hmm. too where it just yeah, it feels just like you're sitting there with the artist and then she like loops the guitar track and like plays some glockenspiel or something and it's just so mm-hmm. like simple and calm and nice yeah and it's really repetitive so it's not shocking by any means mm-hmm. i feel like that familiarity throughout it really helps with that vibe and that feeling of it just being really calming and the security and the familiarity probably allows for that more vulnerability to be experienced too so i think that's a really mm-hmm. really good point yeah i also think that that familiarity given like the the content of the song about being your friend and like it's a very familiar topic so like i really like that it, there's like a familiar feel to the music too it's it's kind of mirrored in the lyrics and the the song mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and like the harmonic changes are so just like it goes between like two chords in each of the sections so it's, yeah it's just that really safe comfortable familiar little space and i feel like like the instruments that add extra layers later on in the song are also they, they evoke like childlike innocence i feel like like i can imagine a lot of those things being like in a kid's like playset, not to be like in a demeaning way but to be like it really helps add to that whole idea of like you're just like sitting in a little room with like the stuff mm-hmm. you have around and it's that yeah, very sweet mm-hmm. I mean, now that you say that too it kind of reminds me of the nostalgia of with the phrase old friend yeah like just being back in like the you know the playroom used to play in like as a kid and stuff like that mm-hmm. so even that I, I don't know if that may have been part of the inspiration for the instrumentation of the song yeah. but that's a really that could be a really cool thing also so jasmine told us a little bit about the song she wrote the song for the acoustic guitar project in 2015 for the Washington DC area. And that's a, a really cool project um, that's taking places in different cities around the world. The idea is that there's one shared guitar for a group of songwriters. So each songwriter gets a week uh, to spend with a guitar and writes and records an original song using that guitar. And then when your week is up, you sign the guitar and pass it on to the next songwriter. And at the end, they do a concert where everybody performs uh, the songs that they wrote during the project, which I thought was just really cool. It's kind of the musical sisterhood of the traveling pants kind of thing. (laughs) But she said that she started off not wanting to write anything too personal because this was kind of a collective thing and she was writing with other artists. She was a little uncomfortable with that, but as she wrote that impersonal song, it just really wasn't working. And so what ended up coming out was this song that is quite personal in Oh Friend. It's about being your own best friend and taking care of yourself no matter what happens and who comes in and out of your life. Uh, You're the only one that you're always with. Someone, uh, sometimes when performing this song live, she says that she's listening to the lyrics as she's singing them and it feels like she's telling them uh, to herself that she'll be okay. So she says that she finds encouragement from this song while she's performing it. How topical for the current times of being (laughs) stuck with yourself so much more than you really want to be (laughs) yes no very relevant and it's interesting too before getting the background information about the song the first time i was listening through jasmine's music and then came to the song 
the idea of listening to it, and this is something that I've been really just swaying around with a lot, is when I listen to lyrics about songs, like who who the message is intended for. So when I first listened to it, it felt like it was a message to yourself, like, like singing to yourself. Mm-hmm. So reading that and having that moment, it was a very much a, like an aha moment maybe yeah. <laughs> for me, just feeling like, ah, it connected. And I don't know if that, you know, may have been the goal, but just that idea of it was really, just really nice to read and having that same reaction. Well, right, that the the artist's intention came through in the song, like he picked up mm-hmm. on on that. Yeah, I I didn't necessarily get it the first time, first couple of times I listened to it, I thought it was just, you know, talking about a close friend or maybe a, a partner, but then I, you know, read that and I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense too. But kind of shifted, obviously, the way that you, you listen to the song when you know it's self-reflective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's funny how, like, I originally also thought it was like about something like someone else listening to it and trying to think of like clinical like opportunities for it. I was like, that should be a great way to like reflect on yourself and then uh-huh. read yeah. read the thing. I was like, ah, yeah, no, you know what? That that makes sense. That's <laughs> that's right. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a good point. And speaking of clinical things too, like what are some ideas that came to you all's minds about the song and potential implications for clinical practice. So at first, and I, I think it's just like kind of a collective of, of influences with the holidays coming up and like, that can be a really stressful time for people. And I thought this was like a really sweet song. So I thought about taking this song and, and rewriting it to be about, you know, that person that you look forward to seeing at the holidays, just to kind of take a perspective shift maybe for somebody on you know, dreading going to, you know, holiday function versus, you know, really looking forward to it and being thankful for that person. And like we said, it's pretty simple song, not in like a critical way, but in a, like it's, it would be easy enough to recreate and rewrite the song in a session. But, oh, excuse me. But after listening to, you know, it being about that introspective kind of perspective, I think, you know, doing kind of the same thing for yourself and kind of using it to explore your self-help um, mm-hmm. right now. Because like we've alluded to, it's been a tough year. So <laughs> I think it's maybe a good time to check in with yourself and kind of see how are you doing? Are you yeah. being a good friend to yourself? You know, what are some ways that you can, you know, maybe improve that relationship with yourself? Yeah, I love that idea of of song like songwriting and rewriting it, and even to as like to add on to that idea of self reflection and like just the thought of like maybe in that bridge part where it's your bright star, right? To have you like put in your own compliments to yourself and like mm. how how much that might be both a struggle but really empowering would be a really really cool experience. Well, building off that idea too, that you both just shared, I think it'd be really interesting if it can be navigated in a way that's mindful, having people kind of pick who the message wants to go to. So if they're going to have one where it's to themselves or one to someone they care about and having that chance to kind of (laughs) experience the difference between giving somebody else a compliment and then giving yourself a compliment Mm -hmm. and explore that type of dynamic and 
being able to understand like what your outward forms of communication are with the people that you care about and getting a chance to kind of experience and explore what your in-work communication can be. Because like in the lyrics, there's the line about where well, you were on the, you were there on the floor at that time I cried. And sometimes it still makes me cry. Just thinking about that, yeah. like the times that you've been there for other people and how much you may be able to give to somebody that you care about, but not having the same capacity or potentially exploring like if you have the same capacity to do that for yourself in a way that fits and just being able to engage in that complexity and that understanding and and just to explore it that's such a great concept for like music therapists themselves to sit with (laughs) (laughs) oh the way we can be there for clients and then just kind of shut ourselves off yeah and i really love the idea of being able to like target who you're sending this to because we can kind of take like you know how john and i first heard it of like it actually being for someone else and the thing that came to my mind would be like families reuniting because this song has so much of like and with an apology for we has the lines like i know i haven't been there when you needed me the most but let's start again and from now on Mm -hmm. I'll pick you up and guide you back home. Like that's such poignant to be able to like acknowledge not having been there for periods of time that like the child might've really needed, but then this, like this new renewed commitment to that relationship could be something that's really powerful. Yeah. I think that there's a, a like perspective shift in the, there's kind of like the first two verses and then like the second um, half of the song, she kind of shifts from being like thankful to her friend to talking about how she's going to be to her friend, Mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting in the context of her talking to herself. You know, like you don't just benefit from having friends. It's a two way relationship. Like you've got to pour into it as well as benefit from. So I like the way that she, she phrased everything and, and kind of shifted that in the song which really plays into what what colby was just saying about you know family relationships or or whatever yeah i'm wondering too how different this would be if like you had this as a song discussion with like maybe more of a dropping group where the people don't know each other but are coming for like a similar desire or like need per se mm-hmm. as opposed to doing this within like a group that is mm-hmm. like familiar like families or a group of close friends or other like people that may live together on a residential unit. Like now I just have all these (laughs) curiosities about what that dynamic would be like, depending on the space and the relationship and the context of the people that are part of that group. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, like the song is all about really honoring and holding up relationships, be that with yourself or as we're kind of expanding that with others, like it becomes so, broadly useful in that way like like, even like Mm -hmm. caregivers and older adults like yeah Mm -hmm. all of that yeah that all really ties in in a really cool way Hmm. i was just thinking about it from like a caregiver's perspective you know processing through that that complicated relationship with the one they're caregiving for or yeah wow yeah i'm especially imagining like if it's a like a child and their parent and like watching the change in the relationship dynamics like that oh wow yeah just acknowledging all of that and then be able to like move in and move on to something that's still loving but different 
moving kind of away from like lyrical things i found like because the chord structure is so repetitive and relatively simple and like there are already these like very twinkly almost orf like instruments in the background it'd be a really fun thing to like improvise over and see what comes out yeah (laughs) i had a similar thought too because it like you said it's very familiar and it that familiarity can be really grounding so just having those different options to kind of improvise over it and even if it's like based on the topics that we discussed in the lyrics too Mm -hmm. just having a chance to do that without having to verbally communicate that would be a really neat idea Mm -hmm. i think it would lend to to drum drumming group or yeah any kind of improvisation so it's got a very solid rhythm to it Mm mm-hmm Yeah, there's so much just, like, meditativeness within it. And then the rhythm's also, like, on its own, pretty upbeat. And I feel like the mellowness just comes from, like, the tone of the guitar and the instrumentation that's used. And even, like, the tone of the singer's voice. Having that, like, mm-hmm. really breathy, kind of lower range for for female singers. And I could, I could think of a better word for that than I will say it. <laughs> I guess for people with a higher voice, a higher range is a, kind of situated in a pretty middle range, like just above middle C. So there's a lot of folks that can sing along with that or, you know, be able to play around in that. Hmm. Yeah. Depending on like, if you want to introduce kind of like the I guess backstory or background of the project this was a part of there's there's this I think empowerment in like the sharing of the guitar that's really cool and communal within that but that's also like this art still tied to that right so that mm-hmm. even as we're struggling to like be with ourselves or love ourselves there's still community within that like you're not alone in that struggle mm-hmm. and just knowing that like there's a whole kind of thing centered not necessarily around that idea but like centered around just like the community of music and then be able to find that and relate to that while you are, I don't know, struggling to love yourself or love another. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, just the power of not, of knowing that you're not alone in that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that can also be done musically too, in a sense, you know, we're talking about the orphan instruments a little bit earlier, Mm -hmm. but even if you, you know, we didn't want to share the guitar per se in the group like everybody could get a chance to perform kind of like that um, melodic interlude that happens mm-hmm. on either the it sounds like a glockenspiel i'm assuming yeah. <laughs> it's something like that yeah. um but that but like that melodic aspect of it it's like even being able to pass that around and either like you can do that musically too mm-hmm. i think and just like that same that, that project like you're describing where it's still very independent but there's a shared experience that keeps everybody kind of together and related in a sense. And I think that's a big thing that all music therapists are struggling to keep going in their practices this year is like a sense of togetherness and the social component of music with, you know, social distancing and and COVID and everything that I know I've had a a hard time. I haven't been able to have an in-person group in a while and, you know, virtual sessions have been, you know, great in some ways and, you know, not so great in other ways, but 
you know, I think that this is just the, the, us talking about the connectedness. It, it kind of made me think about that in the context of 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like the song is a uh, low key our anthem for 2020. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we anticipated it to be so, but it, yeah. A lot of things that we talked about, it just really, it really does fit. Mm-hmm. It does <laughs> so much of the context of it, and I think that's. Well, yeah. I think even just on the basic of like, I'm my own best friend. That's how we've all kind of felt isolated this year and everything. Like, I, I think it has a lot of 2020 ness about it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Artist ahead of her time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm still kind of like reflecting on the idea, Grant, you had of like passing an instrument around and then like the struggles of telehealth. I'm like wondering like if there's like, I don't know, you could like play on like a coffee mug or something, but like be able to take turns on the Zoom call for the group or whatever, you know, telehealth uh, aspect you're using but to be able to like just have turns in that way and still have some shared aspect of musical community but like with very obscure but still like similar tone right like a little copy yeah, yeah. it's like that same kind of timbre mm-hmm. i mean and there's also you know virtual instrumentation i that you can use oh yeah i <laughs> I understand that it's very different and like that in itself can be a tricky thing to navigate, but depending on the platforms that you use with screen sharing and like remote access, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's the same, like there's that representation can still be there. It's still very different. And I think for those that need and want that tactile simulation of actually playing an instrument themselves, that can be really difficult to navigate, but I think there's a way to do that virtually. There's probably a better way than just probably for some people than just like remote access on via technology mm-hmm. or like sharing the same like just like virtual instrumentation or whatever. But yeah, it's it's so tricky to navigate, but there's ways, I guess is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. yeah. I feel like just even more widely reflecting, it's been so interesting this year to like see the ways in which like my training is now like falling short because we're trained so much to be able to be in person and be in spaces physically versus like how many also there are so many greater options too in some cases in in the telehealth world and like in having online instrumentation where like i'm exploring a whole lot more like digital sound recording than i used to (laughs) and like i don't know (laughs) the ways that it's just a different way of doing the practice not necessarily less or more. It's just more work for us to catch up with, at least for me. Yeah. Right. And it's different, but also like Grant said, we've got access to things that we didn't necessarily have access to in sessions before because it's virtual. So like it, mm-hmm. in some ways it's open doors, you know, we we're able to offer music therapy to people in towns that don't have a music therapist. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that there's some really cool benefits that have come from this challenge, you know, that we face this year, but yeah, but I think that it, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think, too, it's interesting being at this point to where there's been such a, 
I guess it's type of I guess it is kind of a prioritization of like live music and like classical instrumentation in that sense for our training and our backgrounds and stuff like that for becoming a music therapist. But just the fact too that music evolves over time, just like everything else, and the way in which practice is evolving is kind of leading and leaning towards more contemporary ways of making music. So it's I think it does kind of show a try and think of the best way to say this. <laughs> it it does like having something like like the context of the world like with us being in a pandemic and having to go to virtual things to engage virtually with people. It does really show where as a profession we've been lacking in terms of keeping up with music just very much almost like education and training is very purist in a way mm-hmm. as opposed to really being innovative and just also just taking into account that there's so much more out there than guitar piano voice and percussion yeah. and being able to utilize that in a way and it's so <laughs> i feel like just it's it's hard to just make it and like manage and navigate being alive during a pandemic and like the stress of it all but really becoming aware of the ways in which we do have to grow and where we've like you said Colby, like been falling short it's a weird it's a weird complexity to hold mm-hmm. <laughs> as a music therapist as you know somebody who wants to learn more and is really passionate about the field but also like witnessing the ways in which it hasn't been yeah just hasn't been what it could be. This is the way the field just gets dragged into the 21st century, despite all the talks (laughs) of like the 21st century, the modern music therapist. Well, (laughs) here, now you have to figure it out. And that sometimes is the only way that we actually do begin to grow is when there's nowhere else less for us to kind of sit down comfortably or I guess rest comfortably yeah, now we're we're very much being forced to re-examine all mm-hmm. these different things. And hopefully this is like, you know, there's good things and bad things that come out of everything. It's going to be a, a good thing or a good growth for the field to hold on to whenever this does eventually <laughs> subside. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I've talked to some of my residents and they're like, this is a a world event like a historical event. This is like the great depression. Like it's going to be in textbooks, you know, like as a big thing that we're living through right now. And so I thought that was an interesting, like I hadn't thought about it in that sort of global perspective or like, you know, like big picture, you know, how significant it is, you know, what we're going through, but yeah, it's, you know, there's, I think, I hope that we look back on this as an opportunity, you know, for us to grow and, and learn something from it, you know, and be better for it. Mm-hmm. it's gonna be one of those things that like all the professors are like yeah the music in this time was influenced by this global event <laughs> the same way they talk about you know the great war and, and like atonalism and all that kind of stuff yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we got into the era of zoom music so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any more thoughts on the song I have one last thought, but it's way off, so I may, may not okay. make the final cut. But it, it'd be cool to like uh, the like that 
B bridge section, B section with uh, your bright star. I just thought it'd be like a cute lullaby to like be able to adapt for like parents and newborns. Oh, I like that. Like, yeah, it's, it's just such a cute little simple phrase and it already has such such things that like tie over like twinkle twinkle little star and like you can change it to like be you are my kid or you are my heart or something like that to make it more personal or like the kid's name in there oh my god be so cute or <laughs> 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 like and then the parent can also like you know add their own kind of like things in there of what they want to be able to say to their their new little baby child <laughs> I like that. I love that idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Jasmine Gillison, for sharing your song with us and letting us talk about it today. If you would like to find out more from Jasmine Gillison, you can find her debut EP, Little Light, which this song is featured on on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, and most digital platforms. Her most recent single, Concrete, is, that was released in May of this year is currently available only on Bandcamp at www.jasminegillison.bandcamp.com. And if you'd like a physical copy of that, you can contact her through any of her social media accounts. She is listed as Jasmine G Music on all of those. So we also, if you would like exclusive content um, to the Clinical Populations podcast, then you should check us out on Patreon. And you should also check out our Bop Shop where we've got new merch. It is the Christmas season. We have your ugly Christmas sweater sitting there waiting for you at the Bop Shop. All you have to do is go and make your purchase. So go and do that. And Colby, thank you so much for being on the episode with us today. Will you tell everybody where we can find you? Absolutely. And you can follow So How Much Kind Music Project on all of the platforms at SC Music Project. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. On our YouTube, there's a whole bunch of different videos of different activities, therapy activities. If you are at home and needing a little bit of like guided meditation or things to do with children or, or just ideas for your own practice, so go check that out and yeah, make sure you follow. We got some cool things planned for March. So yeah, plug in, plug in there for more quality content. All right. Well, thank you, Colby. And I guess yeah. that is going to do it for this episode. So we will listen to Oh Friend by Jasmine Gillis. Mm. Right. Gillison. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, yes. All Thanks right. Jasmine. <laughs> All right. This is Ofrim by Jasmine Gillison. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Hey everybody, post-production Grant here. <laughs> After reviewing and editing this episode, I'd like to share a resource with you all that was initiated by one of our co-hosts, Gabby, <laughs> regarding uh, the use of technology in music therapy. The TechNook! <laughs> it's a collaborative technology resource for music therapy that was designed by a group of music therapy educators, clinicians, and community musicians in an effort to make technology, hopefully, a bit less intimidating or overwhelming. Uh, you can check it out at www.technook.com. Dot co for more info. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks. <laughs>